We are glad that you are here with us. As I mentioned this morning, tonight's lesson was a little harder to prepare uh, just because of the, the nature of the word that we're studying, I guess. Um, but it has turned out to be probably one of my favorite studies out of all of these. Uh, one of the things I've enjoyed about the One Word series is that we have done a lot of lessons that I probably wouldn't have done otherwise. And so there's been a, a lot of learning on my part too. And so I hope that you feel the same way. But our lesson for tonight is on the word sovereignty. Sovereignty. It's not a word that we use often. It may be one of those words that we use more so in relation to Scripture and to God than anything else. But what is sovereignty? As we begin our lesson, we, we usually ask this question, what is, whatever the word we're studying is, but what is sovereignty? If you look up a, a definition in a standard dictionary, you'll find a definition similar to this, supreme power or authority. Supreme power or authority. Now, secondarily, we understand this to be uh, maybe in relation to man in, in some degrees. Man has dominion over certain realms and certain parts of the world, and, and we refer to this, and rightly so, as sovereignty over them. They have dominion. They have supreme power over the areas in which they are assigned or appointed. They have control of these areas. And as man is in control of things on the earth, we understand that God is in control of it all. More than, than any authority that man would ever have here on earth, we think of probably maybe the, the person with the, the greatest power, maybe not, uh, but we think of the president of the United States. As far as our nation is concerned, he's the, the top dog. He has authority. Now there are those that may veto his authority or, or make, make other laws in relation to some of the things that, that he decides, but, but overall he is over our nation. But God is in control of everything. God is in control of our world. Not just certain parts of the world, but the world overall. He is truly sovereign and God of the universe and all of His creation. We recognize that any power given to man is given by God. Remember Romans chapter 13. In verse 1 where Paul states, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. When we think of, of even the highest powers in the world, we understand that God is in control even of them. And no matter who we may choose to lead us, and no matter what laws may be made by their authority, God is still sovereign over all. 
Our lesson objectives for tonight are first of all to learn the meaning of sovereign in regard to God and how this applies to Him and, and how this applies to our understanding of who He is. And secondly, to recognize God as the sovereign God of all creation. We begin by looking at God's sovereignty over His creation. God's sovereignty over His creation. In the beginning. Genesis 1.1 In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. When we read that this morning, remember I mentioned that this would apply to our lesson tonight. But as we look at even the very first verse, we see God's sovereignty, God's control over all. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Something interesting about this verse, and, and I think it, it goes to show God's sovereignty to some degree, is that we have five elements of science all in this first verse. In the beginning is time. In the beginning, God. Force. God created energy. He created the heavens, space. And the earth, matter, time, force, energy, space, and matter. Everything in science that we would look at to, to, to prove something, we see it in the very first verse of the Bible. We also see His control of everything in its creation. As it was being created, we see God's control over everything. And you may not remember, but when we began this series, somewhere about the first few, uh, maybe the very first lessons that we had, one of the things that we were, were asked to do as part of one of our devotionals was to go through Genesis 1-1, or Genesis 1, chapter 1, and underline every time that it said, then God said. And when I read it this morning, I emphasized, then God said. We find it first in verse 3, then God said. And it is repeated in verses 6, 9, 11, 14, 20, 24, 26, and 29 of chapter 1. Then God said. We see His authority and that He spoke the world into existence. Now he could have created it any way that he wanted to, but he spoke it into existence and we see his authority. We see his sovereignty. We see his control over everything that he created. Everything was created by God. And we are reminded also of the presence of Christ in creation. Not to look very far. Genesis 1 and verse 26, let us make man in our image. God refers to himself as us, God the Father, 
God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In John 1, and beginning with verse 1, we read this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things, all things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Colossians 1 and verse 16. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things. And in Him all things consist. We understand that Christ was a part of, of all of this even from the very beginning. As we understand as as He is God, but He is also eternal, as is God the Father. As God is the Creator of all, we see His sovereignty over all His creation, and His sovereignty over all continues even today. Though kings and nations may go into battle for control of certain parts of the world, and we see those that are conquered, and we see those that are conquering in regard to gaining this control of certain lands. But no matter who is in control on earth, God is still sovereign and the supreme authority over all. And even in our own nation, in our beginnings, we recognize the sovereignty of God. I want to read to you a portion of the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence in Congress, July 4, 1776. The unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitled them a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these Rights. Governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. 
that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. In the last paragraph, we therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, and General Congress assembled, appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions do in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states might, may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Even in our nation's beginnings, our leaders recognized the sovereign authority of the Creator of all things and all people, appealing to Him as Supreme Judge and to His divine providence. We do well as Christians to recognize the same authority even today. One of the, the greatest powers that we know of in Scripture, King Nebuchadnezzar, realized God's sovereign authority even over himself. In Daniel chapter 4 and beginning with verse 28, Daniel 4 and verse 28, all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of the twelve months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? Listen to how many times he says, My. That I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty Power and for the honor of my majesty. Look what I have done. In verse 31, while the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever He chooses. Verse 33. 
That very hour the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored Him who lives forever. Now notice what he says at the end of verse 34. For His dominion is an everlasting dominion. And His kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing he does according to His will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain His hand or say to Him, What have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me. And for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom. And excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all of whose works are truth and His ways justice and those who walk in pride He is able to put down. Nebuchadnezzar learned firsthand that, that God is in control. That all those things that he thought he had done, all those things that, that he thought he had built, all the great things about his rule, he learned that God was the one that granted him that rule in the first place. As he took credit for the great kingdom under his authority, he was humbled. And in the end, even he realized the authority and sovereignty of Almighty God. Let's notice the evidence of God's sovereign control. Why do we believe that God is sovereign? Why do we believe that God is sovereign? We believe that God is sovereign because He exists before everything. You know, in our minds, we have to think of a beginning and an end. There is a country song that came out several years ago. There's a first time for everything. When it comes to God, He always has been. He always will be. And so we understand that, that God exists before everything else. In Psalm 90 and verse 2, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He is eternal. doesn't have a beginning like we would think that, that everything should. He always is. 
And He must be sovereign to be eternal. We believe that God is sovereign because He created everything. We've already looked at, at Genesis 1 and we understand His sovereignty in creation. Only He could create everything as He did and so we believe that He is sovereign for that reason. Not only did He create everything, but, but we believe that God is sovereign because He sustains everything also. Christ is accredited with upholding all things by the word of His power. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. And we believe God is sovereign because He knows everything. Isn't that kind of scary in some ways? I know I was talking to a friend even just Friday. And we were talking about how God knows everything. He knows everything about us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows every thought. Everything that we, we, we might think in a moment, He knows all. It is even said that He knows the, the number of the hairs on our head, whether they be few or whether they be many. God knows. In Psalm 139 and beginning with verse 1, O Lord, You have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. He knows everything. We believe that God is sovereign because He has a plan for everything also. Isaiah 46 and beginning with verse 9. Isaiah 46 and verse 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. In regard to the destruction of the Assyrians, it is said in Isaiah 14 and verse 24, the Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely, as I have thought, so it shall come to pass. And as I have purposed, so it shall stand. We recognize God's sovereignty because... He is. He is the great I Am. He is forever and always. We recognize His authority because He created everything. He sustains everything because He knows everything. And because He has a plan for everything. Let us notice also the words of others. There are others that are mentioned in Scripture that, that have recognized the sovereignty 
of God. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 50. Genesis 50, beginning with verse 15, we see here that, that Joseph recognizes God's control over the events of his life. One of my favorite memories from Mars Hill a few years ago, uh, Jeff and I were teaching the teen class together. And, and Jeff, he recognized that the teens, they liked to doodle. And so he brought this big art pad and so they would doodle during the lesson. It didn't really take away from the lesson either. They, they still paid attention. They still answered questions. And it was a, a pretty neat deal. But I remember us taking that pad and, and drawing out, graphing the life of Joseph. And every time you would see something good that would happen, you would see something that would drop it down in his life. Something better and something that would make it worse. And, and he kept going all throughout his life up until we find him, him established as second in command to Pharaoh himself. But Joseph, looking back in Genesis chapter 15, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will, will hate us and, and may actually repay us for all the evil which he, we did to him. See, if they had guilty consciences, didn't they? Even after all that time that had passed, they still had a guilty conscience. And in verse 16, so they sent messengers to Joseph saying, Before your father died, he commanded saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them in verse 19, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Have you ever thought that, that in Joseph's life, had he not been appointed second in command, had he not gone through all of the things that he went through to get to that point, they wouldn't have survived the famine. It was because of him and because of his relationship with God that all these things came about as they did. And that's exactly what he's saying. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly them. But notice that Joseph recognizes the sovereignty of God. He recognizes the plan that God had in place even from the time that he was thrown into that well. God had it planned that he would come to this point where he was when he is speaking to them. That all the good that happened in his life was part of God's plan.
God was in control. Even in the difficult times of Joseph's life, God was in control. There are many people that question the sovereignty of God. Whenever we look around us and we see nothing but evil and pain and suffering. Even Paul recognized in Romans 8, 28 that all things work together for good. Them that love the Lord. We see God's sovereignty in Solomon's wisdom. In Proverbs 16 and verse 9, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. I've often heard that if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Anything that God has planned for us is so much better than what we could plan for ourselves. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, King Jehoshaphat recognized God's sovereignty. 2 Chronicles 20 beginning with verse 1. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon... And others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast Throughout all Judah, so Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. In verse 5, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord, before the new court, and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might? so that no one is able to withstand you. Are you not our God, who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence. For your name is in this temple. And cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Jehoshaphat appealed to God's sovereignty as the supreme judge. He applied to, to his appealed to his promises that he would care for his people if they remained faithful. 
In Isaiah, in Isaiah 40, in verses 21 through 23, Isaiah 40, verse 21, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is He who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judges of the earth useless. God is sovereign. God is in control. We see it evidenced in, in, in His very being. In everything that He is. And we see it in, in recognition of other people as well. God is sovereign. In this lesson, we have studied God's sovereignty in His creation. Because He created everything, He is also in control of everything. And we believe that to be the case. We have reinforced our faith in God's sovereign rule over all. We have recognized the faith of others in God's sovereign power and control. Let me ask you this. Do you believe in God's sovereign rule and control over this world and all of His creation? I imagine that you do or you probably wouldn't be here tonight. But do you see God's sovereignty? Do you believe in God's sovereignty? In your own life, do you trust His control? You know, sometimes we, we find it difficult to face some of the trials that we face. And, and a lot of times our first reaction is not to go to God, but a lot of times our reaction is to go to a friend or family member or even to turn inward and look to ourselves for an answer. And, and we stress ourselves out because we, we don't know all the answers. But do you trust? In God's control in your own life. His control over you. His control over your life. His control over every difficult situation that you may encounter. Do you see that God is in control of it all? There are many mysteries about God's sovereignty that we will never understand. Even standing before you and having studied the subject, I don't understand everything about God's sovereignty. And I probably never will. There are many things about God that, that we just can't fathom, that we can't, can't understand. For, for instance, His, His eternal nature. That, that, that's something that, that, that blows our minds. As human beings. But even the mysteries, even the things that we don't understand, they don't have to keep us from believing in its truth. 
we can still believe that God is sovereign and that God is in control. Sometimes it's difficult to see how things are going to work out in our lives. But if we are faithful to Him, we can know that He will be faithful to His promises to care for His people. Let's not let the mysteries of God's sovereignty keep us from believing that God is truly in control. Do you trust Him? Are you a Christian? Have you obeyed the gospel? Maybe you need to, to obey fully. Maybe you've not done that. Maybe it is that, that you need to repent. Maybe there's something amiss in your life. Something that stands between you and God. Something that you would like to take care of tonight. Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness. Or maybe you need to ask for prayer. But if you have any need whatsoever tonight, we offer you the opportunity to respond as together we stand and as we sing.